Could we direct that to our Heavenly Father right now all over this place? Let us magnify Him. Lord, we praise You. We give You praise and we give You glory, Lord Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. I believe on this Father's Day morning that the gifts of the Spirit can activate and be moved throughout the body of Christ. If you need healing in your body, I believe God is here to heal you. If you need a healing in your heart or your mind, I believe the Holy Ghost is here to heal you. We're going to take about 60 seconds here all over this sanctuary to raise our hands and look up to heaven and ask our Heavenly Father to move in your situation. Father, we're thankful, God, that we are your children. You're a good, good Father, Lord. You care about our needs and you care about our situations. God, it might be a small thing to other people, but it's a big thing to you when your children are struggling, God. And so right now in the name of Jesus, I speak healing in the lives of your children. I speak peace in the minds of your children. I speak deliverance in their situations. I speak victory and power. Let the gifts of the Spirit move in this place right now, God. Oh, God, stir up our faith. Stir up an anointing in this place, Lord. Oh, God, let faith rise. I bind fear right now. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I bind every spiritual attack that's coming against God's people. In Jesus' name. For there is no weapon formed against us that shall be made to prosper. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We claim that afresh this morning, Lord. The lives of your people. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Uh, you may return to your places and let's stay standing. Actually, go ahead and be seated for just a moment if you want to. We're going to take care of just a couple of things. Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers that are here and that are watching online. Uh, very special day. Is it okay if I look at what y'all got me? Because many of you are wondering what you got me. Beautiful Father's Day card. Thank you for that from the church. And then uh, an Amazon card. I hear good things about Amazon. They have good stuff. $100 to Amazon. Amen. Thank you so much. It's a blessing to be your pastor. It truly is. I thank God for it every day. We want to say congratulations. I don't think she's in here. She's probably over in the children's service helping ministry there but when you see Janelle Pace congratulate her for winning this year's uh, Mother's Memorial Scholarship that helps her go continue to go to Bible College actually and so she's the winner of that and if you see Jenna Pace <laughs> console her because they both applied for the same scholarship I felt bad because I have to give a referral when they ask, they send me a referral form. I have to fill out how, you know, what's their character like? Are they nice? Do they show up to church? Are they involved in ministry? And I know that Janelle won because I gave her a glowing report. And I had to be honest about Jan No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I gave them both the highest marks they could get. So I don't know how she beat you out, but that's between you and your sister. Next year, amen. 
But uh, Jenna is preparing to go off to Bible college here very soon to IBC, and so we're praying for her. Mike and uh, Dee, if you would come forward. Mike Rogers, Dee Williams. Uh, Dee, Dee keeps saying, hey, um, my last service is Father's Day, and I kept saying, no, in the name of Jesus, we're rebuking that. So I put it off, and I put it off, and I put it off. But it looks like it's going to happen. We congratulate you, though. We're so excited for you, brother. Gunderman, come up and let us pray over. Uh, this is her last official service. Um, but she's not moving off to Alaska or anywhere like that. They're going to be in Indianapolis, but they're going to be attending church at Calvary, uh, where uh, Brother Mike is a part of that church there. But we're excited for you both. We're going to pray over you today. Stand, would you? Reach your hands out towards this precious couple. Let's pray over them in the name of be seated. Twelve years Sister D's been here. Been a journey. Amen. Say something. Um, first off, I want to thank you all. Um, um, I, when I went to Brother Sister Hawkins and we talked about our me moving on and I told Brother Hawkins, I remember when I walked in here twelve years ago, I was so broken. I was in a hard stage in my life. In the last 12 years, him and his wife have supported me so much in this church family. I look around and I have memories with all of you. Some of those years of raising my kids were so hard and all of you were there for me, praying for me and with me every step of the journey. And I can't thank you enough. And I'm going to miss all of you. You all are like my family. Well, you are my family. And I just thank you. And I, I mean, I'm going on to you know, better things than what I've prayed for, and I'm very, very happy about that, but I am going to miss all of you, and I just want to say thank you. I've, I've learned that life is like this. You grab a hold of something new, but when you grab a hold of something new, you got to let go of old stuff. This is hard. This is exciting, and that's, that's the paradox of life. We're just excited, but, whew. So happy Father's Day. <laughs> Amen. Um, and then I want to remind you that coming up here July the 13th, we'll be doing this um, on um, July 13th, and then the next one will be August the 10th. It's something new we're starting up called Kids Zone. Brother Mike's going to stand up, Brother Deckard's going to stand up and kind of remind you what this is about on Wednesday nights. I guess we should have given him the microphone. Can you run that over to him real quickly? I feel like we're a talk show here. 
Well, happy Father's Day to all our fathers as well. So uh, we're looking forward to our first uh, Kids Zone Turning Point, uh, TPAC Kids Zone. Uh, we're going to have a good time, ages 6 to 11, um, and we're going to have uh, a word, uh, a Bible lesson. We're going to have entertainment. Um, we're going to have some food for the kids as well. And uh, we're really excited about it. Please help us spread the word. Amen. We're going to uh, try to uh, do a little outreach right before. and uh, But we have a bus ready to pick up kids, and we want to do that. So uh, please help us spread the word. We're excited about it. It's going to be a great time, and uh, it's going to change lives. That's what it's all about. It's changing lives, hearts, and minds. And um, God's doing great things, and I want you to be a part of that. And God can use you. Amen. To reach your neighbors and your friends uh, to reach this world. Praise God. God bless Amen. You. Amen. Thank you, Brother Decker. And God bless that. And God's going to bless that in the name of Jesus. Add that to your prayers, uh, <clears throat> that God will anoint that. We reach out to our children and our community. I, I'd like to see the bus full. And uh, we'll just bring them in, reach them in the name of Jesus. Let's stand together and go to the Word of God, Isaiah, the 22nd chapter. Isaiah 22, verse 23, we'll read down through verse 25. I'm not going to go into a lot of context here on this chapter other than to say this is um, a prophecy from Isaiah regarding um, captivity that will come and how that God is going to bring them through. And this is one of the words that God gives to Isaiah to the people in verse 23, he says, And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. And he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. And they shall hang upon him all the glory of his father's house, the offspring and the issue, all vessels of small quantity, from the vessels of cups even to the vessels of flagons, in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, shall the nail that is fastened in the sure place be removed and be cut down and fall. And the burden that was upon it shall be cut off, for the Lord hath spoken it. And this morning, for just a few moments, I want to talk to you. I'll be speaking to fathers in particular, but I want all of you to open your hearts and receive this word today because it truly is for all of us. But I want to talk to you about a nail in a sure place. Father, we thank you for your word today and we thank you for this wonderful, wonderful congregant of people that are gathered today to worship our Heavenly Father. And God, we thank you for the fathers that are gathered here today. And <clears throat> we ask you to bless each of them. But God, anoint your word as it comes forth. Anoint our ears and our spirits and help us to receive what you have for us in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. And turn around and greet two or three people before you're seated. Smile your best smile. Give them your best praise the Lord. This is a nail. God bless you, you are dismissed. No. <laughs> you could really preach your own sermon from the scripture I read and this little illustration here. This is a nail. This is a nail. The writer says that there are things that hang on this nail. 
Today, we, in the Bible days when this was written, nails were very, very much an integral part of the building. In fact, they didn't have sheetrock, drywall, um, two before studs. They built the house out of mortar and bricks and stone, and, and much thought was given into the building process. You didn't drive nails into the walls back then. They were built into the structure. They were put into the mortar and built around because they didn't have a lot of shelving, a lot, not a lot of room. Nails were the shelves. They were all through the house, and things would be hung up on them. And the Bible says here, cups and burdens and flagons and small things and issues and all of these things. Today, of course, we would use nails to hang things like uh, pictures and uh, plaques and decor and mirrors and things like that. But, but this writer is speaking of something else, and he says that when that nail, when it falls... That everything that hangs on this nail, he says, falls along with it. Years ago, <clears throat> I, uh, I, believe I, I, I believe I called into a radio station, Spirit 95, <clears throat> and won uh, a, uh, a ticket for two to a uh, video conference that was put on by Dave Ramsey. And he was speaking in, I think he was in Nashville, Tennessee, live. And then they had these satellite areas where you could go <clears throat> and watch on the big screen, watch the, the, sat or watch the uh, conference live with the hundreds of other people. And I won uh, a couple of tickets to that. And I took Brother Southern with me. This has been years ago. And we went to a leadership, it was called an entree. So it was an entrepreneur and leadership conference. And we uh, went to this very blessed, very good conference conference sat there with hundreds of people. One thing that they, if you don't know who Dave Ramsey is, he's the financial guru. He's the, he's the financial guy. He's the one that tells you to get out of debt. Debt is dumb and um, cash is king and that, that guy. He's, he's that guy. But he also talks a lot about leadership and has some good books. I recommend his material. And we taught his uh, uh, lessons here before a couple of times. But one thing he said, Brother Southern, I, I shall never forget when he told us about how his company had grown from just he and his wife and <clears throat> through the years it had grown to him having several, several employees under his uh, direction and um, that they had a, a, a company picnic where everybody in the company was able to come to this picnic and invite their family. So it was a company family picnic. And at this picnic, there were hundreds of people, he said, there playing games and eating food and having a good time. And he said <clears throat> sometime during the day, he called his, his wife and his, his son, his daughters, his children over to the side. And he said, I want you to look around at all of these hundreds of people that are here today that are enjoying themselves and, and, and they, they're driving cars and they have clothes and they have homes and, and they have all of these things and all of these blessings in their lives. He said, God has blessed these people through us. God has raised us up to a position where we have people that depend upon us. He said, I want you to never forget this, that he said, if I do something stupid, if I were to have a moral failure, if I were to step out on your mother or if I were to go out and do something stupid, he said, it wouldn't just be us that knew about it because of our position. It would be in the paper. It would be very public. And he said, things that we do and things, he said, and I put it on them too. He said, the things that you do do not just affect you. They do not just affect our home, but things that we do. He said, if I fail, I affect 
all of these people that are here today. If I fall, these people's lives are directly affected by what we do. He said, what we do really does matter. And as a leader, I, don't, I may not remember everything else he said that day, but that stuck in my heart that what I do as a father and what I do as a pastor and what I do as a leader and what I do as a husband of a precious wife and a father of some wonderful children, pastor of a great church, that, that, that what I do does not only affect me, whether it be good or bad, but what I do directly affects hundreds and maybe thousands of lives every single day. It's true of me as a pastor. It's true of you as a father today, men, that what we do really does matter. So I want to talk to you about this nail uh, in a sure place. Chad, is Noah out? Did she take him out? And when he comes back, if he comes back, I want to introduce him to everybody today on Father's Day, okay? I haven't done that yet. I told you. All of the kids born at Turning Point are gorgeous kids. And some of you thought, I don't know if that's true. Well, I'll prove it to you. Every time we have one born, they are babies who they could grow up to be preachers or models. So you need to pray they're going to be preachers. <laughs> we have good-looking babies in this church, but we had not introduced Noah yet. And we want to do that if he, if he comes back in the room. But, Chad, you got two now. You got two. Everything you do. Their lives are hanging on that, your decisions. Um, Denver and Abby, we haven't met uh, Benjamin yet, but he's in the world now. He came along about a week ago, and now he's here. And, um, everything. So your lives changed. I remember when uh, my wife and I had time. I'm going to try not to be emotional today. Um, I feel like the older I get, the more emotional I get. And I, sometimes I, when I'm not going to say that. I sound like a sexist if I say. Sometimes I feel like I'm turning into a, <laughs> a big <laughs> Woman, sometimes I just feel like I'm just, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that, but I feel like I'm crying all the time, and no offense to you, lady, I'm glad, I'm, I'm, I think it's wonderful you're in touch with your emotions, but it's new to me, ever since about the last eight years, it seems like tears are always right there at the surface, and so I, I was in my office a while ago, I'll tell, I'll tell you this, and don't tell anybody else, it stays in this room, if you're watching online, don't tell anybody. But uh, so one of the things, you know, I've got to keep my blood pressure down. And one of the, so I try to find little, it, uh, this is okay. I think this is all right. So one of the things that I, I, I try to watch for ways to reduce my stress. And um, one of the things I've discovered, we, when we bought, built our house, we built this big old tub in the bathroom. And I thought my wife would surely just love that. She, I don't know if she's ever been in the thing, but it sits there. collects. The, I mean, she showers. I used to look at me like, I, I, <laughs> pray for my wife that she... God help her to clean. Let's start over. This is a nail. Anyway, that, that tub's been sitting there in the last few years. I've been trying to deal with stress, and I thought, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to soak. I'm not going to call it a bubble bath. I'm going to call it a soak. I'm telling you what now. You bring your blood pressure down. You just dim the lights. Some of you men think I'm, I'm a big sissy, but you go try it and see if what I'm telling you isn't true. Then the lights, put your AirPods in and just Calgon take you away. And I haven't told anybody that, really, just a few people. My kids knew about it, so I was sitting in my office before church. Brother Gunderman and I were sitting in there talking about manly things and burly things. And I 
I had a gift bag on my desk from Jordan and Emily, and I start digging into that real manly, you know, flexing my muscles. <laughs> Father's Day gift. <laughs> and I opened up a big old bag of bath bombs. <laughs> That's all right. It helped me live a little longer. Maybe. I'm lost. <laughs> this is how 15-minute sermons turn into 45-minute sermons right here. <clears throat> I remember when, um, when Tyler was born. He's our firstborn. And I uh, can't believe it's been 35 years. And we were just kids, my wife and I. When Tyler was born, we were just kids. And, uh, but I remember when uh, we brought him home, I wasn't able to be. She had to have an emergency uh, C-section with Tyler. So back then, they didn't let you go back if you hadn't been through videos and preparation, all that stuff. So I didn't get to be back there with her. Now, the other two, she had um, surgery as well, and I got to be in the room. But there's just something about the, uh, the realization that this new human being is yours. Um, I don't know that it hit me at the hospital with Tyler, but it hit me later. Uh, we were on a vacation. Tyler was just a little bitty. We took a little trip down to Florida, and we were staying with her, some of Cindy's family, we were sitting in the living room with them, just kind of relaxing. And, man, it's my first panic attack <laughs> in my life was in Florida when it just, like, it hit me. I looked around, and I thought, I'm responsible for her and him, and we're all the way down here in Florida. And, and, I, and it just started coming on me like it was just a, this overwhelming feeling that I'm responsible. I'm accountable. If this boy lives or dies, if he's a success or not, if he, I'm it. I have to set an example. And then we had Jordan and then we had uh, Abigail. And it's just with every one of them, it was just this new life coming into the world, knowing that I'm, an, I'm, I'm the nail upon which their lives are going to be hung. And everything I do on a daily basis, on everything I do on an hourly basis affects their stability, their, their ability to succeed or fail, to make it, to continue, to live, to grow, literally, physically, to grow up, and then spiritually, to be spiritual, uh, spiritually mature, and mentally, to be stable. Everything I do on a daily basis. And so, uh, really, I, I didn't come to you today to talk about the nail so much. But I do want to tell you that every one of us in this room are typified in this scripture. We are typified by this nail. All of us are typified by this nail. Someone hangs on you. If you fail, someone who hangs on you will fail and fall with you. It may be a church and a pastor. Uh, it may be a Sunday school teacher or leader. It may be uh, a youth group and the youth pastor. It might be musicians and the, and the music leader. It might be, it could be any, you don't know who's watching you. I looked up there a while ago. Uh, if you see me looking up that way during praise and worship, it's because I'm standing over there. I can't see the screen for the drum cage. So I'm looking at that back screen. 
I don't want anybody to ever think I'm giving dirty looks to the people up there running because the, <laughs> I know how my eyebrows are and I'm always looking up here like this. I'm really looking at the words. So <clears throat> I looked up there a while ago during the song and Jordan, I want you to know, Jordan, um, Thomas, that I saw you up there running sound, but here's how he was running sound a while ago. <laughs> ah. And I thought, okay, you know, if, anybody, if any of our young people look around and see somebody up there running sound, and you don't know who's watching your life, but when you're worshiping God, somebody is affected by your worship. You just showing up to the house of God today, somebody is affected by you being here. A kind word, a kind gesture, just stopping and shaking somebody's hand. You're affecting somebody's life. You need to hear what I'm saying. Your words affect people. Whether negative or positive, good or bad, you are affecting somebody today. Amen. 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 So next time you're thinking about maybe just not bothering to get ready maybe don't even come to the house of God today who cares anyway if you're if you're there or not as long as the musicians are there no that's not true as long as the preacher shows no that's not true um you know sometimes you don't even know this but you're just stopping by one of these young people I'm talking to you older people just stopping by them and noticing them and shaking their hand amen yeah, yeah, yeah. amen I respect these, I really like preaching. I like apostolic preaching. I listen to it all the time. And I love, some of my favorite preachers are men like Anthony Mangan and, and, um, and uh, Brother Williams and uh, Brother Huntley. These men, I like to listen to their preaching. But I'll tell you, I was at a camp, Indiana District Camp years ago. Brother Anthony Mangan was preaching. And it's one thing to see a guy up there on the platform. It's another thing to be in the restroom washing your hands at the sink beside somebody. <laughs> and he was in there washing his hands at the sink beside me. And he looked at me and said, praise the Lord. How you doing? What's your name? And I thought, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> but I've also been around people who thought they were it. They're not going to bother shaking your hand. And I, we didn't shake hands. Don't shake hands in the restroom. That's just. <laughs> Especially after you wash your hands. Especially before you wash your hands. <laughs> this is a nail. <laughs> okay, let's stay on topic here. But he was so kind and personable. And I'll never forget that. Yeah. I'll never forget the ones who act like, unless you're big shot, they don't bother talking to big shots talk to big shots but we're just yeah. nobodies that's mm -mm. No, no no so so you you just you know brother sean i don't know my eyes just falling to you but you just stopping shaking hands with some of these young men they're that they'll never forget that that means something to them and you young people should know that some of these older folks that are um they're not moving out the door as quickly as you are. You're waiting on them to get out the door because they got walkers and canes. And they're not moving as, they used to move as quickly as you did. They, there was a time in their life people were telling them, slow down. Right. <laughs> Believe it or not. And now here they are. You're trying to, you got to, you know, just taking a moment to say, praise the Lord. Can I get the door for you? That means something. 
we, everything we do, there's people whose lives are affected by what we say, what we do, our actions, our words. Are you with me? But here's, here's the thing. I didn't really come to talk to you so much about the nail as I came to talk to you about what we fastened the nail into. Fathers, to be sure, we are a nail. The nail, the nail should be strong. This is a good, strong, sturdy nail. You can tell that it is. It should be strong. It should be sturdy. It should be straight. It should be dependable. Especially if we're going to hang something on this nail. We want all of those things to be true. We should be. We should be trustworthy and ethical. And we should be uh, good and, and industrious and fair. And, and I'm all about being educated and knowledgeable. And I think that's wonderful and that's good. And you need to have a good work ethic and be strong. Take care of yourself. That's all good. But th those are all things that have to do with the nail itself. We should strive to be all of these things and more. But hear me when I say that at the end of the day, it's not really about the nail. Because you can have a very good, sturdy, strong, straight, dependable nail. But... Brother Gunderman, if I want to hang something on this nail in that wall right there behind you, I don't want you just to grab the hammer and start hang, banging the nail in there. See, this is all you can see when you look at these walls. We call it cheat rock or drywall. But if, if I say look at the wall, you're looking at the color, the paint. And you all, but all you see is the drywall. Unless you know about buildings, you, you forget that behind the drywall is this whole set of lumber. We call it studs or two-by-fours. And they run vertical. Vertical? Yes. Up and down. I know which way they run, but I always get horizontal and vertical mixed up in my mind. So they run up and down. <laughs> Every so many inches, you have a stud. And so if I'm going to say, Brother Gunderman, I want you to drive a nail in that wall. We're going to hang 50 pounds on, those, on that nail any given time. I, I need to be able to hang stuff on that nail. I don't want him to just start banging a nail in the wall because unless he, fa if you just fasten into the sheetrock, that sheetrock can only sustain just a little bit of weight. You, anybody that's ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. And you come in one day and all that stuff you hung on that nail, boom. Everything, not just the nail fell, but everything that's hanging on the nail. So yeah, you can have a really good, educated, ethical, strong, dependable nail. But if it's only fastened into a half inch of drywall, then the drywall gives way. Can you bring him up here on your way out and introduce Noah to everybody in the church? I, I got to, listen, these babies, you got to hit them at the window of opportunity. <laughs> Look at this precious little baby. Are you letting people hold him? Yeah, you can hold, that's right. I'm not, not, not to put her on the spot or anything. Hey, Noah, look at this. <laughs> yeah that's your church buddy this boy he locks eyes with you he will lock eyes with you congratulations thanks for letting me hold him I can tell that that is a very special thing she says you can hold him 
<laughs> so, so the nail can be strong and sturdy and ethical and educated and smart and brilliant and, and uh, all of that stuff. But the nail, if it's only fastened into the sheetrock, it's going to fall. Everything on it is going to fall. So what we do when we start putting nails into walls is we have these, this way we do it. A couple of ways. One is, use that first. This is called a, somebody know what that's called? A stud finder. Now, hang on. You single ladies, before you start breaking your thumbs on Amazon, it's not what you're thinking. <clears throat> this, relax. Pray about that. This finds the tubifors <laughs> that we call studs in the wall. You know that's a good joke. My daughter-in-law's like, eh, 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 that's a good joke, Emily. Look, he found a stud. All right, so if we're going to drive the nail, that's where we want to drive the nail. Don't drive it, but that's where we're going to drive the nail. <laughs> Brother Southern's over there like, don't make a hole in that wall. I know who you're going to ask to fix that hole. That's where we would drive the nail, right there. If you go just a couple of inches to the right or the left, you will, you will not fasten into a stud, you will fasten into the drywall and everything that you hang on that nail is susceptible to falling. So the most important thing is not the nail. The most important thing, dads, hear me, is what you fasten into. It's what you fasten into. I'm so blessed and I'm so thankful. I gave my dad, we met last night for dinner and I gave him his Father's Day card last night over dinner and uh, I wrote, I knowing what I was going to preach today, I wrote in his card Thank you for always being a nail in a sure place. Because from the time I was seven years old, I remember my dad serving God, praying, reading the word, going to church, and taking us to church. He was a nail in a sure place. He was steady. He, was, he wasn't in church one month and out of church the next month. He didn't love God one day and cussing out my mom. Uh, the next day. He didn't show up to church amanning the preacher on Sunday and abuse my mom on Monday. He didn't run around on my mother. He didn't, he didn't do any of those things. I, I, and the older I get and the more I experience life, oh, the more thankful I know I need to be for that in my life. And if dad watches this, and I think he will later, thank you, dad, for being a nail in a sure place. I appreciate that. I appreciate that so much. Um, Here's the thing. If you drive the nail into the stud, every time you pull that nail out, and you can take it out, every time you take it out, you weaken that. Wow. You weaken that. Wow. You're going to bend the nail, wow. and you're going to weaken the surface into which you've driven it. You can drive it back in. It'll go in a little easier, actually, but it also comes out a little bit easier. And every time you drive it in and take it out, drive in and take it. So every time you come and say, oh, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to, I mean it, God, I'm in. And you, and you serve God for a few months. I'm not talking about having failures and just falling and getting back up. I'm not talking about, we all make mistakes. We're all trying to get to heaven. But I'm talking about these decisions we make over and over. I'm in the church. I'm going to serve God. It's kind of like a New Year's resolution for some people. They're going to serve God for a while and you don't see him for another year. And the problem with that is you've got people's lives that are trying to hang on you. And when you fall, they fall with you. Amen. 
So it's what we fasten into. So you can also, some people take the hammer and they kind of tap around on the wall till they, these, this is old school here before you had stud finders. You just try to tap around and you can tell. You found it, didn't you? You can tell. You, if you have an ear for it, you can tell when it goes from tap, 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 You found a stud. You found a stud. Now, there might be more to that, single ladies, than there is the electronic stud finder. Tap around until you find the right. That's another sermon. Are you are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Are you a godly? Oh, they maybe, maybe. Then you start. That's another sermon. Why am I getting off on that? I want to preach to everybody today. We're going from dads to single ladies and everything in between. Wow. We got to wrap this up. I really thought I'd be done by 11. We're going to wind down. Thank you, brother. That's, that's good. Thank you, brother Gunderman. Thank him for helping me. That was hard. Hard work. That's the easiest you've worked all week, isn't it? If the nail is not solidly and firmly in place, whatever is on that nail is going to fall when that nail falls. So Eli, the priest, when we study his life, he was a priest. He was a man of God, but he just didn't get fastened in to a sure place. He was not securely driven in, and when he fell, his sons, his two sons, who should have gone on into priesthood, fell with him. When Lot set his tent toward Sodom and Gomorrah, he didn't go by himself, and it wasn't just he and his wife, but we know that uh, two races were started, and they pulled out with him, the Moabites and the Amorites, and they become the enemies of God to this day. We have problems from that one thing where he just wasn't fastened into the right thing. When Rehoboam fell in the Bible, the whole nation of Israel was hanging on him and fell with him. And so I just say today, fathers, I know this isn't a deep message, but maybe it'll stick with you. It's sad that so many men will spend countless hours developing the nail. But what about the fastening? What about the two before? What about what you're fastening into? So two things I would tell you. Dads, get fastened into the word of God. Get fastened into the Word of God. Read it. Memorize it. Pray it. Study it. When your children need advice, don't just pop off the first thing that comes to mind. Or Well, my granddaddy always said, your granddaddy may not have been in the Word. Well, the president's saying, well, the president may not be in the Word. Well, my teacher said, no. Go to the Word. When your children need advice, get in the Word. Give them good, godly, biblical. You'll never go wrong by being fastened to the Word. Why do we do that, Dad? Well, let me show you in the Word. Why don't we go here, Dad? Well, let me show you in the Word. Why do we worship the Word? Here it is in the Word. Why do we have a pastor? Here it is in the Word. Why do we, why do we? Here's the Word of God. I'll tell you some of the best things you'll ever tell your children when they ask you how come we can't or how come we don't or how do we, why do we have to is to say, well, here, first of all, I want you to go pray about it. We don't do that much anymore. And that's just, we just do it that way is not an answer. 
That's just the way we do it. It's not an answer. These kids need to know why. By the way, we're going to be teaching again here real soon on our uh, standards and holiness standards and why we do what we do and dress the way we dress and talk the way we talk and don't go certain places and don't wear certain things. We're gonna talk, we're gonna, but when, when we do it, and if you've been here more than a few years, we, uh, you know that we don't just get up here in the pulpit and here's the rules. We don't do that. They're not rules. These are standards, and standards come from the Word of God, and we do what we do. And here's the Scripture. We're going to give you Scripture. Here's why we do it. If it's not in the Scripture, we don't teach it. We don't want to preach it if it's not in the Scripture. But if it's in the Scripture, we need to preach it. But hear me now. I only go there about once a year, a year and a half. That's, I, don't, I don't get in this pulpit all the time preaching about what we wear, what we don't wear, where we go, what we don't, what, where we don't go, what we do, what we don't. That's not what we do all the time. We're reaching for souls. We're trying to grow maturationally. We're trying to grow numerically. We're trying to do all that. So we don't preach that every service. That needs to come from the Fathers in the home, you set the tone, and you do it biblically. Well, you won't get as excited about this, but this is still good teaching. You set the standard. Fasten into this. It'll, it'll do you right. Anybody? Do we still say things like, you're not going out like that? Does this, do, do, I wonder sometimes when I'm out. Oh, Lord, I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but I'm going to tell you one of the most, one of the things I regret more than anything. Can I just be real and honest with you here? As an apostolic pastor, I know this is going to sound really bad, and maybe I'm in my flesh when I say it. I'll come down here. I almost dread going to apostolic weddings because I have no idea what I'm going to see. It's almost like we think we're apostolic till we go get married or get in a wedding and just whatever the, we go in the bride. And some of these bridal dresses look like they come out of Victoria's Secret catalogs. I don't get it. I don't get why we think we, are, we, say we have standards until our wedding day and we can put this on and take this off and show this and act like that and show that. And, and the, the husband's like, oh, yeah, this is all. You really, that's what you want? No, no, no. We're apostolic. Amen. And this has to, listen, this is not because it's not in the pulpit. You dads. You set the, t so we say things like, no, 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 you're not going out like that. And you say that when they're eight. You don't wait till they're 28. You say that when they're eight. Sit down for a minute because I'm on a tangent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang here for a minute. I'm going to hang some stuff on this nail for a minute here. Abigail, Jordan. Where's Tyler? See, uh, that's all right. You know, don't uh, let him work. That's okay. I'm gonna ask all of you: Did we ever say to you guys, "You're not wearing that"? Ever say that to you? Mm hmm. These are rebellious kids here. They wanted to wear everything. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. And it wasn't that bad. It wasn't stuff that was just terrible. They weren't trying to look like you know, terrible. But I knew that if they wore that today. In their minds, it goes a little, you don't gravitate toward more conservative. Not in this world. 
you gravitate towards more worldly. And so they would say things, no, no. And it might just be on the way out the door, I'd have to say, no, 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 not, we're, not, we're not wearing that. But at some point, I got to get back. And this is where we fail. We don't come back to say, no, listen, this, we've got to process. The reason why we don't wear this and that and is because I know you're only eight right now, but we're setting tones here. Bi does the Bible, does, do we still believe the Bible says that yes. a woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man? Yes. Yes. And we still believe that yes. britches and pants are patterned after men's apparel? I, I, this is not a Father's Day sermon, but this is the Holy Ghost leading me here. I yes. assure you it is. We still believe that. So if we believe that, why do we, not, why do we only believe that when they're getting ready to leave the house or when they're tw 20? And this is the reason why I'm telling you why we see what we see walking down wedding aisles is because we didn't stop it and head it off at the pass and teach them. Get that nail into the Word of God. The way we live, the way we dress, the way we talk, the way we treat people. We got, we got kids that, I'm not talking about these kids, but we, I see young people, they don't know how to act with people. They don't know how to right, talk to right. people. They're, they're rude. They're, 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 they don't know how to tip in a restaurant. They don't, yeah. they don't know how to talk to elderly people. That right. just, uh, what? Yes, That's yes. not Bible. Bible says we respect our elders. We right. treat other people with love and kindness. These are things, it's not just about getting them to the house of God. And I know that's a chore anymore in a lot of homes, just getting them to church and you feel like, just get them to church, I've done something. Mm -mm. That's just barely part of what you've been called to do. You've got to drive that nail and then they're hanging on you. They're hanging on everything you do and say. Every day. So you guys, you ought to thank God. If you've, got, if you've got somebody in your life that is a nail in a sure place, don't let this day pass without you getting on your phone. Text them or go tell them. Tell your dad. Tell whoever it is in your life that's a good godly influence. Go let them know. I want to thank you for being a nail in a sure place. Mus musicians, go ahead and come if you would. I'm going to finish this sermon next Father's Day, I think. My, my, my. How do you preach to single ladies and uh, clothesline on a Father's Day? I don't know. But I sure did. Word of God, get, 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 get fastened into it. Before I let you go, let me say one more thing. Get fastened into a church. Find you a window rattling. I know we don't have windows in here. Here we would say, find you one of them churches that when you jump, see, we're up on, we're up on a, <laughs> we're elevated. When we jump, I have to always tell people the first time they're here, you might feel a little bit of movement because we're on steel, we're elevated, and the first person that jumps, you feel, well, what was that? I think it's an earthquake. That's just who we are. It's yeah, how we worship here. But find you a, a floor moving, window shaking. <laughs> rafter moving church that knows how to worship God find you a church I'm not trying to do a selfless plug here but find you a church that's got a pastor not afraid to talk about clothesline on a Father's Day message 
find you a church where somebody still believes in the gifts of the Spirit, still believes it takes all that to get to heaven, and get yourself driven into that church. Get in, get secure, and your children are hanging on that. Your wife is hanging on that. People in your life are hanging on that. So get in the church and show up and be a part of the house of God. All right, let's stand all over this building. Fathers, we want you to come. Dads, if you're here, we want you to come and stand around the front. We want to honor you today. And when you get ready to leave here in a few minutes, remember this is our only service. Uh, no afternoon service today. We want you to have time to spend with your families and those kind of things. When you leave from my wife and me and the church, we have a nice little gift for you on the way out the door, so don't, don't leave without taking advantage of that. Wow, look at all these nails. Look at these nails. Wow, thank God. Thank God. Thank God for these men. Men, I want to tell you, thank you. Thank you as a fellow father and your pastor. Thank you for being solid. Thank you for being firm. Thank you for being godly. Thank you for being prayerful. Thank you for believing in the word of God. Thank you for being secured into a church. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for believing in the power of prayer. Amen. Thank you for praying for your children. Thank you for being an example to your children. Thank you for trusting God in all that you need uh, in life. Thank you for bringing your wife and your children to church. Amen. And you're brand new. Has it soaked in yet? Still, right now, kind of have one of those like moments. Yeah, one of those anxiety, Brother Hawkins' anxiety attacks. Yes, <laughs> it gets better. I'll give you a couple of bath bombs. You'll be just fine. <laughs> oh, Brother Alltop, thank you for being a solid nail in this place all these years. Amen. A nail in a sure place. This man's driven literal nails in this church in these walls. He's a, he don't, it's a, the thing about these men, most of them, they don't even know. We don't even know. We get up in the morning, we go to bed at night, we wonder if we've made a difference sometimes. And we live in a world and a society where we're just, we're, we're beaten down and we're ridiculed, and especially if you stand for anything godly, especially if you stand for the word of God, especially if you say, no, no, that's wrong, this is right. We're just beaten down, aren't we? So you know what? Look around you here. This is your best support group right here. Amen. When I see other nails solidly driven in, I take comfort in that. I take encouragement in that. I... Brother, Brother Warner, we can't talk about, we can't go out where you work. You can't talk about everything that you can talk about with these men because you will be beaten down. You'll be ridiculed. But you come here with these men and you can talk about the power of God to see us through and praying for my mom and praying pray for my mom and her situation. And, and yeah, oh, this world. You can't go out in the world and say, man, this world's getting bad. And, you know, we've got to stand firm on this and that. They will take your head off. But you can come in here. So you pray for them. But you can come in here and you can talk and you can say, oh, thank God. Aren't we glad for the house of the Lord? Aren't we glad for the Spirit? Aren't we glad for the anointing? So... Comfort one another. Be there for one another. Let me tell you something. Get, dri get driven into the church. Men, show up when we have a men's uh, uh, event. Come. 
We have men's prayer breakfast. I know some of you are busy. You can't always come. Come all you can. Uh, maybe you're not into golf, so you don't go to the golf outings. Maybe you go fishing. Maybe you go, I don't know, all the different things that we're doing. We got group meetings and uh, things like that. But come, just being around each other, strengthen, iron, strengthen of iron. If that's not a manly scripture right there, I don't know what is. Iron sharpeneth iron. Forget everything I said about bathtubs and bath bombs. Iron sharpeneth iron. Too late. It's already in your mind, isn't it? Oh, brother, you're never going to see me the same. I can tell right now. God, get that image out of Brother Manley's mind. Would you reach your hands out towards these men? God, I thank you for these wonderful men of God. I praise you, Lord, for them being a nail in a sure place. God, we live in a world right now trying to, trying to come against them. But I bind those spirits of attack in the name of Jesus. I pray a fresh anointing upon them. I pray a fresh touch, God, upon them, Lord. Help us, God, to be solid, to be firm, to trust you, Lord, like we've never trusted you before. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Put a fresh anointing upon them, God. Put a fresh blessing upon their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, help us to rise up and be the men that you've called us to be. Help us to stand firm and solid in your word and in your ways. Thank God. Hallelujah. Wednesday night, 7.30, Bible study. Come back, be a part of that. Men, God bless you. Shake hands with each other. Be friendly. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Happy Father's Day to you.